The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. G'day everyone, I'm Maca 19 and this is the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast back once again for season 2017. As usual, brought to you live on Port Fan Radio. Joining me in the co-host chair once again for this season is Rick. How are you, buddy? Uh, buddy, I'm back and footy's back and you're back. Isn't it exciting? This is very exciting, i got to say. Very, very exciting. Can you believe that this is the fifth season that we've been doing this? You know, funny enough, I just spoke to someone in the car today that knew nothing about Port Fan Radio and it was just astounding to me and uh, that they knew nothing about it. And uh, and I said, I counted on my fingers, 13, 14, 15, 16. I was like, shit, we've been going for the fifth year now. This is amazing. This is crazy. So I don't it's, understand. It's gone really quick, I've got to say. It's gone pretty quick. It has. Do you remember the initial discussion we had about doing this show in the first place? I do, yep. And, you, and the reservations you had about doing it with me? Uh, yes, there's still plenty, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't changed but, at all, but... Uh... There we go. I have. I'm still the same, same as well. I haven't changed at all either. Yeah. Well, except for being a vegan and a Buddhist, <laughs> and every and everything else. Oh, that's great. So, how was your off season, mate? Uh, very busy. Yeah. So, um, just working and living life, and you know, sp- trying to spend time with the kids and going on going on holidays, um, as some people have seen and. You know, following the, the vegan path and the Buddhist path and the sporting path, it's a tough life. It is, mate. Very, very tough. And what about you? <clears throat> yeah, good good off-season, good Christmas, um, lots of changes. Uh, changed my job for the first time in eight years, so uh, working back in Adelaide, uh, which is great. And uh, hopefully with a view of moving back home uh, sometime soonish. So, yeah, lots, uh, what, lots of stuff happening in the off-season. In the Mac what's your def... What's your definition of sometime soonish? Oh, probably in the next twelve months. I think the uh, I think the Port faithful, all the fans of yourself, Macca, will be uh, joyous with that. You'll be like Neo in the Matrix, and uh, everyone will be bringing you bowls of food and wanting to listen more to your dulcet, dulcet tones and all that sort of stuff. Look, I hope so, mate. I hope so. I'm always hungry, so uh, if anyone wants to bring me food, I'm uh, pretty happy about that. <laughs> oh, good work. So. Did you do much thinking about Port Adelaide over the summer? Um, do you want me to be honest? Yep. Not really, because I was quite depressed. <laughs> Fair enough. It. Um, I. So I actually wanted to go in with a fresh mind um, for the season and 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 just sort of detach from the disappointment of 2016 and 2015. Does that make sense? It does, mate. It does. Yep. Especially, especially last same. year. I was the same. I didn't watch any highlights. I didn't watch any games from previous years. Um, we did our draft stuff at the end of last year, and that was pretty much it until about um, four or five weeks ago when I started looking at vision of uh, this year's draftees um, yeah. coming up for this year's draft. And, uh, yeah, that's about it, really. Can I, can I just say, though, quickly on that one, yeah, congratulations to you and Porsche, like... Um, obviously, I was away for that show, but you guys smashed it. I mean, what was it, 700 live listeners or something ridiculous like that? It was, uh, yeah, it's had uh, that... 3,500 listens overall so far on Spreaker alone. So, yeah, it's, um, it's probably been the That's... biggest one we've done. Yeah, and coincidentally, I wasn't involved in it. So, I don't know if there's a message there or not. But, uh... I think there is, but we won't go into that today. But thank you to everyone that tuned in and listened because that's a huge effort. And, uh, yeah, you guys, everyone's really proud of that. So uh, let's see if we can ramp it up for 2017 and, and get it a bigger and better performance even again. I think so. That's certainly the plan. I've got to say yeah. huge thanks to uh, both uh, Dylan and also uh, Jimmy Unchained for all their help getting the Port Fan Radio website up to date and running pretty smoothly over the off-season. It's, uh, there's now a lot of content on there. Um, yes, and it is very, very much appreciated. I have to say. Yes, so please check out Port Fan Radio website. That would be great, and uh, yeah, you might see we might have a crafty strategy to try and get you guys to to go there anyway by subterfuge. But uh, yeah, thank you very much for helping out, boys, because everyone that's involved is doing this for the love and not for money. That's it. 
Right. We've got a lot to talk about tonight, so let's uh, get straight into it. Talk about the family day, which was last Friday. Rick, you were there. I was working, unfortunately, so I couldn't make it. Um, But what were your impressions, mate, on the evening overall? Well, I thought thought the crowd was was good and substantial. It sort of had a bit of a different vibe, uh, I guess, to previous years. I noticed some people commented on that. I I don't know, it just didn't seem to have that same uh, carnival feel. I don't know if it's because they integrated the season launch um, with the family day, which I was a part of, I was invited to with Big Footy. So, um, but look, I thought, you know, from what I saw of the game, it was great. Obviously, I, I took uh, took my girlfriend there who's from America and she just really wasn't interested in uh, watching the football at all, to be honest. But uh, I tried explaining it to her, but that sort of drifted as well. But um, yeah. um well, I thought David Koch uh, spoke really well once again. And as you would expect, there was a massive and heavy focus from him on China and the influence of China. So so basically, um, you know, uh, I think the, Keith Thomas has reported as well, um, you know, the CCTV, uh, is it CCTV? Uh, something like that. Yeah. yeah, whatever. It sounds like a security station. But, yeah, basically 3 million viewers on that station, which is, you know, more than what we get in one round. So he spoke about that and the exposure and, and trying to get into the university programs. And I think it was something – I'm going off a of memory here, but I think they've got, like, 14 schools or universities that are going to accept the AFL um, in their school program uh, for training their kids and – um, still, the potential windfall to come from it uh, is huge, and uh, I think you know we're because we're a nice giving club. We're sharing some of the the TV games uh, with the rest of the league, and not just us. I think that was his little uh, sarcastic pun there. But um, so look, that was his focus, and and really focusing on businesses to potentially look at doing the expo there and inviting fans just to travel along. Um, in relation to the game, I thought Jackson. Um, looked really strong and, and secure, even up forward. He was moving really well. I, I, I didn't notice uh, Justin Westhoff very much. Um, I didn't notice Matthew Broadbent a lot. Um, is I think it's – is it Riley Bonner, number 26? Yeah. Yeah, I thought Riley did a few standout things. I, I, I still like the looks of him. Um, as people spoke about, I thought Chad Wingard looked very strong in the midfield and – yeah, I think it's a fantastic opportunity for Chad, and I think it's the right decision for us as a club to play Chad in the midfield. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, people... Look, the senior players were coasting, right? I mean, it's a trial game, so it's really hard to see anything in physicality or ball movement and all that sort of stuff. But, um, well, I guess I would have expected the black team to probably have been more dominant in the first half and broken away a bit more. OK, fair enough. Um, I guess the standout performance for me was Youngie, who kicked uh, four goals playing up forward. I think he was one that I wasn't all that sure about coming into this year, but um, that's a great sign. Yeah. Look, he's just continuing on his form from last year, isn't he? And he uh, is. I guess I guess the interesting thing uh, with that will be, is he really going to... Well, I think he's going to back it up. I think he's at that age that he can back it up. But uh, I guess my question is, is Angus going to be the automatic inclusion? Well, I guess it depends. I mean, I think Angus is uh, injured at the moment, so that might uh, hold against him. Um, look, if Youngie keeps kicking goals, then I think it would be hard to uh, to leave him out of the side come round one, that's for sure. Yeah, look, I think what he did last year, he's and if he continues even a above-average performance, he deserves to be in that round one team on the half-forward flank and yeah. and just see where he goes. And, and look, you know what, he's been a bit of a... for spots is a good thing as well. You know, we haven't had that for a few years now. And uh, if, uh, if Gus can play well, if Youngie can play well, you've still got guys like Amon and Need and, you know, you want to fit guys like Power Pepper and Atley in the side as well, maybe even Drew. Um, you know, if they're all pushing for senior selection, that's a very good thing. Well, we need that, don't we? I mean, that's probably been one of our biggest issues. And we, we, I guess, you know, we're talking about not reflecting on the season from last year. But, um, you know, we all thought we had a lot of depth coming into last year compared to 2015 and 14. But our depth was really uh, shallow once again. And those, you know, those Brendan Archies and Sam Grays and all that sort of type of player just really weren't able to step up when we needed them to. 
That is right. Uh, Lobie was another one who I thought... Uh, or he, he had a lot of positive press after his performance on Friday. And there were some that thought he wasn't that good as well. But um, did you see much of his game? And, and what did you think of it? Eh, I don't know. It's hard. I need to... I probably need to focus the whole game just on watching him. But again... It's a trial game, so I guess there's a lack of physicality in relation to um, uh, his marking ability. Um, did he look more mobile? Probably not. I think you know the couple of taps that I saw, Jackson actually beat him sort of one on one, which I don't think is reassuring. He should, you know, as a dominant number one ruck, he should be beating someone like Jackson, and that's no offence to Jackson. So. Um, you know, and I thought Paddy was moving quite well on him as well. So um, that's not to say that it was horrible, but um, yeah, I'm not I'm not convinced. But it's a long season. I guess we need to see the trial games. And let's face it, I don't think Paddy's going to be at 100% fitness come round one, is he? So we really need Matt Lobie stepping up to the plate. Yeah, that's right. Well, let's move on and talk about um, a bit of a preview for this year ahead, 2017. Um, you know, a couple of years ago when we started this podcast, we looked like we were really on the precipice of glory, um, especially after 2014. But, uh, you know, the last two years uh, can only really be described as a bit of a disappointment given um, pre-season expectations for the last couple of years. Um, what are your expectations for this year? And uh, is it boom or bust for Kenny Hinckley? I think so. Um, I think it's also boom and bust for a lot of players. I think there's around um, 17 rough players out of contract. Uh, some some seniors, some fringe. You know, I'd imagine the club's going to be holding pretty tight on those um, contracts and not jumping the gun like previous years and uh, getting people signed up. Um, so, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I think, look, Ken's going to be in the sights. I don't, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Do you think it, they'll get rid of him if... Uh, if he's got another non-final season in him, I have a suspicion we almost have no choice. Yeah, look, if we don't make the finals this year with the squad that we've got, I, I really can't see Kenny Hinckley staying on for 2018. I think um, they'll part ways, um, whether by mutual agreement or not. I think um, he'll be out the door, which I think will be fair enough because you know, you're know you on, uh, on the brink of success and then you don't make finals for three years running. Um, you know... Things have got to change if that's the case. Um, I hope not. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting to make the finals this year. I think we've got a really good squad. Um, I'm liking uh, what's come out of uh, pre-season training at the moment. Uh, hopefully our skills have, been, have improved. We're looking a little bit bigger as well. Uh, hopefully we're a bit fitter than what we've been in the last couple of years. Um, but certainly the expectations for me this year are, are a top eight finish. Well, it's interesting. Like that was one thing that Koshi spoke about that um, I didn't talk about was he really pumped up our high performance department. He really pu- he really pumped them up as world class, state of the art. The last three years as well it hasn't really done yeah. much. So. Well, he he was pumping those tyres pretty big as far as I was concerned, and that's what I was saying. I was the same as you. I was like, well, I'm I'm not really seeing what you're seeing, but um, so you'd have to think if. Uh, and I don't want to be too doom and gloom about this season, but you'd think maybe the high performance department's going to get reviewed too if uh, if Ken doesn't make it because, uh, yeah. But I'm optimistic. I think, you know, I still think we've got uh, a strong playing personnel. I still think we've been a little bit outperformed in the coaching department as well, and that's not just Ken Hinkley, but all the coaches. So um, I think strategically and structurally, um, yeah, we've been exposed at times and, you know, I'm not necessarily sure it's not having a plan B or C or whatever, but um, I guess we just haven't really had a method- methodical game plan and ball movement process compared to the top tier teams. And I guess as the preseason goes on, that's what I'm really going to be looking for. And uh, if you think, remember when we were at the parade a couple of preseasons ago? I think yep. it's all a bit of a blur now. I think that was 2015, but, was. you know, what really stood out to me with that West Coast game at the parade was we had no um, transition play, whereas in 2014 we had that transitional play which really broke the game open for us and, and really that became the beginning of our downfall and almost a bit Chuck-esque with Ken Hinckley, um, you know, they're 
he hasn't been able to sort of adjust and seems to be a little bit stubborn in, the, in what he wants to do or he seems to be chasing what other teams want to be doing, whereas I would have preferred that he, he looked at the 2014 game plan and goes, you know what, it's 80% there. Yeah, they've created this wall on the half-back line that we, we've sort of struggled to penetrate. Let's just tweak it a little bit and then off we go and see if that works instead of just throwing it all out completely and, and just trying to copy what everyone else is doing. So um, No, that's a fair call. I do think yeah. that's a fair call. We've had a couple of messages on the uh, Spreaker chat. Thanks for everyone that's listening live. Uh, Porsche has written in and said, finals or bust, our list is as experienced as possible and ageing for no return. And you've got to say that's probably about right. You know, If we don't make finals this year, then um, it, could re- it could be a long road back. You know, with the uh, profile of our list. I hope uh, I hope we're top four, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. That's but that's been my expectation the previous two seasons, and I I think as Porsche rightly said, with our age profile, we should be top four as far as I'm concerned. And you know, if if Matt Loby can improve his performance back to 2014 form, well, with Paddy Ryder and Jackson, um, I think that's probably been our Achilles' heel, the ruck. Um, hopefully that will be the difference to launch us there and obviously um, sustaining uh, minimal injuries throughout the season as well. Yeah. So the skills are probably the main thing that I want to see an improvement in uh, from the last couple of years. I think last year, you know, you'd almost be fair to say that we were league worst across the board in terms of our skills. Uh, Certainly our ability to try and hit targets inside 50 or or moving through the midfield, uh, we really, really struggled. Um. Is that enough to sort of bump us up into the eight if we improve our skills? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I agree completely. The, our skills um, has been really disappointing, so uh, we need to improve on that. And I, I noticed in during the family day trial game that we were the black team, especially, were focusing on ball retention, and and they were doing okay. But again, it's a trial game, so. So who knows um, what it's going to do under pressure. And I noticed probably, what do you think about, uh, is the pressure on Ollie Wines with his skills and disposal? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, I don't think, uh, if he has another sort of bad year in terms of his um, ball movement, I don't think we're going to trade him or anything like that. But um, I, I think, you know, he's almost in that Nick Stevens stage where he's an 8 out of 10 player. Now it's up to him to go that extra step and really become one of the elite of the competition. I think he's got it in him. Um, it's just a matter of him you know, honing down and refining his skills, um, which can be a bit loose at times. But you know, I think he does also cop a bit of a raw deal. Um, he was just about our major ball winner last year, especially through the midfield. Um, and he does a lot of good as well. Well, is that, is that what maybe is unfair on him? Because he's getting so much contested ball um, that it does become you know, a bit unrealistic for, to expect that he's going to have uh, the same disposal efficiency as, say, uh, Jared Polek, who's a little bit in, outside slash inside, or more outside than inside. Yeah, look, inside midfielders have a low disposal efficiency as a stat across the board. It just comes part and parcel with that sort of role. Um, but that's not really the issue here. The issue is that when he gets loose and he sort of handballs to someone's feet or he, you know, misses a target by five metres, you know, that's the sort of thing that he really needs to hone down on. And it's those easy disposals that he really needs to work on um, and getting 100% right. Yeah. Yeah, look, no, no excuses. Well, there's no excuses really for anyone except for the first-year players. Um, yeah. I'd hope that he he just needs to improve fifty percent. He'll be a superstar. He's a superstar now, and it'd be I'd be very concerned if we really are strongly wanting to uh, trade him. That's for sure. Yeah. Look, um, to improve, we need to leapfrog from tenth uh, to make the finals this year. Who do you think will drop out to let us in for that top eight? Good question. <laughs> Who was in the finals? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go first. I think um, looking at face value, I'd expect North Melbourne to drop out um, with their sort of list changes. They've lost a lot of experience. I don't think they've got the uh, the young talent coming through to make up that sort of difference. So I'd expect them to drop out. I think Hawthorne are a big chance to drop out as well, um, especially losing uh, Lewis and Mitchell. Uh, West Coast are possible as well with uh, the loss of Nat Nui for the year. 
Um, I'm not sure they can cover that. Uh, so I think there's enough teams that could fall out. It's just whether we will be good enough to get in. You, you've got to look at teams like St Kilda and, and Melbourne who are young and improving. Frio won't be anywhere near as bad as this year. Um, and I think Essendon are a team that will spike up the ladder quite sharply as well. Uh, Richmond are another team that have added some big names across the board. So I think competition for, our, for top eight spots this year is going to be pretty tough. Do you think Western Bulldogs could have a hangover this year? I think it's like it's certainly um, potentially could happen. You know, they they did only finish what seventh last year before the finals, so mm. uh, they did make history by winning the flag from that spot. Um, so certainly, it, it might not take much for them to lose a couple of extra games and find themselves out of the eight. Look, I think um, I think you're right with North Melbourne. Um, definitely, uh, definitely there. I don't know West. West Coast, maybe. I think, yeah, there could be a question mark. But, you know, I guess um, Lysett is pretty serviceable for them. So, did they keep Giles as their backup ruckman? I thought he was a, he was reasonable as, as well. I'm pretty sure they did, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, I don't know. What about Adelaide? Are they going to repeat? I think they've got a pretty nice draw. So, I would be expecting them to make the finals this year as well, to be honest. Mm. What's the historical average? One one team drops out and one replaces them. It's it's not a massive turnover in the top eight, really, is there? It's usually one or two. Usually, there's a team from the bottom eight that makes the, that jumps up into the top four. Uh, that seems yeah. to happen every year. That's uh, one the, of those sort of quirky stats that happens. But um, that's one of the bottom four bolters, isn't it? Yeah, usually a bottom four team makes the top eight, and usually a, t- a, a bottom eight team makes the top four, and then two teams sort of drop out. So. I think, uh, as I said, I think there's probably 11 or 12 teams on paper that uh, might be good enough to, to make a top eight this year. Um, but obviously the season, you know, injuries happen, form happens, you know, unrest, all that sort of stuff. So hopefully we're on the, uh, the good side of that ledger and we, we sneak ourselves in. Do we have to use our home ground advantage better? Well, we only won, what, four home games last year, so absolutely we do. Yeah, and why do you think we've lost that advantage at home? What's what's going? On? Is it just nothing other than poor play, or uh, teams have acclimatised, or we're just unlucky, or what's the story? I think it was uh, just coincidence last year in terms of our home games. I think yeah, we were almost there. I think we lost a lot of games last year by under a couple of kicks, um, which could have gone either way. You look at the the dogs game for an example of that. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything drastic in it. I think it's just one of those sort of funny stats that have happened in one particular year. Mm. Yeah. Well, hopefully that reverts itself because only winning four games at home sucks. Yeah, it's not good enough. Yeah, we really need to win eight or nine if we're going to make the finals. Correct. So let's have a quick look at the fixture for this year. We've got double ups against the Crows, Brisbane, Collingwood, Gold Coast and West Coast. It's a, it's a pretty kind group, that one. And, mm-hmm. uh, and one where potentially we could see an advantage if we, if we do win against this group, uh, which we really should. Yeah, I think so. Um, I guess what we're going to go with the traditional assumption that we win one, lose one against Adelaide, I'd imagine. I would expect so. I think... You would hope that we would win both against Brisbane. I would ex- be expecting we win both against Collingwood and Gold Coast as well. And uh, hopefully we sneak one against West Coast. Um, yeah. So if we can come out of that with eight wins from that uh, from those five teams, I'd be pretty chuffed about that. Yeah, absolutely. I think so too. And uh, I guess, I don't know, I'm a bit scared after the last two seasons of doing these sort of predictions. But yeah, you'd think that's a, a logical assumption and... Uh, I guess the biggest out of those double-up games, which you're going to get to in a second, will be um, Port playing Gold Coast in China. Yes, indeed. The land how, game in China. How important is that for us to win that game, do you feel? I think it's becoming extremely important, especially with um, some, of the, some of the press that's happened over the last few days. I think, um, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm not a fan of sort of making an issue out of Gold Coast Guernsey. I think uh, it is what it is, and just get on and concentrate on winning that game, I think. Yeah. I I guess from a... I think it's probably not from a Chinese supporter perspective because I don't think they're really going to understand much about the game anyway. But I think from 
a Chinese business perspective and from the club wanting to gain gain more credibility. Um, I think that's where it's really important. And I guess, you know, going onto the live Chinese TV over the last year and, uh, you know, not cough, coughing up enough successful performances um, at home like we just spoke about, you know, I think, yeah, I'd really like to see a transition to some success in front of the Chinese and I think that could really drive future sponsorship for us. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully it's, um, it's a successful venture. I think it needs to be. Uh, for the success of the club long term as well, um, yeah. if we can make some uh, some decent money out of that. It will uh, certainly help. That's for sure. Absolutely. And did you did you know that um, I'm abstaining from alcohol for a year, Macken? Are you? I am. I, I've decided I'm going to get on a a power fitness crusade to support the boys, and so I'm I'm not going to drink and. I'm following my veganistic regime so I can maintain a peak fitness for my triathlons that I do. Okay, a lot of wine is uh, vegan friendly. <laughs> it is. I just do, I chucked that all in there for Al Carlton because he kept going on about my uh, corny jokes and triathlon and veganism. So uh, <laughs> I threw that in there for you, Al. That's it. Look, I'll, uh, I'll certainly pick up the slack, mate, and, uh, and drink your share as well. Yeah, please do. I've got some nice wine in the fridge. Maybe you should pop over and uh, have a sample. That's it. I'll drink it and you can watch. <laughs> that sounds now, fair. The big question is, are you going to be attending the Chinese game? Uh, I would like to, and I messaged you before Christmas saying that I would. Um, however, I, it will be a bit of a question mark for me. I've, mm. I'm going to Bali for the last three weeks of April, and, um, and then I'm supposed to be in the States at the end of May. So... I'm not sure, and I've just seen the dentist, and he's given me a quote for what I need to do. So I might just have to re- retire from living for the next two years so I can afford to do everything. Yep. But what about you? Uh, yes, I will be attending. Yep. I've got one of the uh, the Tealy travel packages, so I'll be heading over there for five days and uh, hoping we can uh, we can see a win over there. And how much did that cost you, by? just if you don't mind me asking? think the total package was a couple of grand overall i think that's okay that's reasonable i was very so, lucky enough to get it as a gift so uh oh, did you really yeah awesome i mean i guess i mean for a couple of thousand dollars for almost a week's holiday and watching your footy team i guess for the supporters can well the supporters that can afford it that's that's not a bad price and it's a it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, isn't it? Like the first game for points. I feel bad. I sort of encourage you to join me and come along, and now I've just pulled the rug out and said, no, I'm not going. <laughs> That's understandable, mate. That's uh, it's totally fair enough. But there, we, uh, it does sound like there's a lot of Port fans heading over, um, which is great. I think I know about 10 or 12 myself, but um, apparently the packages are selling like hotcakes, and there's going to be a sea of Port Adelaide uh, fans over in China. So does that mean you could be like a Port Fan Radio live correspondent for the week that you're in China? Oh, we, we might be able to work something out. You never know. Well, I've had to sacrifice on my travels. Might have to preview over there. Yeah, I, I reckon that's a great idea. At 2 a.m. or something. <laughs> Mate, there's a, here a little segue story, right? On the 29th of December, I'm in Vienna um, at a friend, staying at a friend's apartment and I get an email that day from a radio station asking me to, if I could do a uh, radio interview for them. And I said, sure. So one 1.30 in the morning at Vienna time, I'm doing a radio about first home ownership for people in Sydney. So if I can do that, the ded- there's dedication. You can do be dedicated and uh, do it for Port Fan Radio. That's it. Look, well, do it. If it's possible, I certainly will be, that's for sure. And- Solstar's written in and said he's heading to China as well, so that's great. Hopefully there's a few more Port Fan Radio fans out there, uh, which will be heading across as well. That'll be wonderful. But, uh, look, I think uh, heading back to the, the fixture overall um, for a minute, I think from round 15 onwards, it's really going to determine our finals chances. We play Richmond, West Coast, North, uh, then Melbourne, St Kilda and Adelaide, who are all thereabouts for a final shot, I would think. So we really need to come out of that run with a positive uh, win-loss ledger, I would think. I think you could probably go a little bit earlier than that, Macca, to be honest. Uh, I think the we need to really have a 
springboard for the first six rounds and really set ourselves up. I think if we're if we're two and four, I think there's going to be real, real warning signs. Once again, I, I think we need to really step it up and, and have a strong platform. And it doesn't matter how tough the games are. I mean, what have we got? Sydney away and then Freo. Uh, really hard. Freo at home. Well, we should do it right at Freo at home, surely. And then Crows, obviously, 50-50 game. It's our home game. And uh, and then Giants away. And GWS is my, I guess, my early pick for the flag, to be honest. But um, So that will definitely be a tough one. And Carlton at home, which is amazing that we're playing Carlton here. And Brisbane away. So, you know, we should hopefully be around four and two with that sort of fixture if we're if we're in form and that will springboard our season if we're if we're two and four i'll be a little bit worried to be honest yeah well let's hope so if we can be four and two i'll be pretty happy with that start to the year so let's move on and talk about um the big improvers um list wise um for our playing list who do you expect to be the big improvers for port adelaide this year all right i'm gonna go with um tom jonas are you happy for me to put down Tom Jonas? Well, I thought he had a pretty decent year last year before his um, before his uh, incident and falling off the face of the earth. I thought he was having a pretty decent season, so I'm I'm happy with that. Yeah, so um, I'm going Tom Jonas and I'm going Jack Homsch and uh, and I'm going to go Darcy Byrne Jones to lift it to another level. Okay, that'd be good. I'll be pretty yeah. happy with that. I'm going to go with Jared Polek. I'm, I'm hoping he's, he's going to be call. over his injury and uh, and will be ready to uh, steamroll the competition once again. And uh, look, I think Jarman Impey, it's, it's time for him to really stand up this year. Um, you know, he's got a lot of talent. He's got a lot of physical prowess. Uh, it's really time for him to put that together. I think he could be an absolute superstar. Um, and it's time for him to shine, I think. And uh, my man Riley Bonner is another one who I'm expecting to play a lot of footy this year and uh, really improve our skill set, especially coming out of the back line. I, I really, uh, I really like your call on uh, Jared Pollock because he did look pretty smooth and he was running okay. But again, I think that he's one player that we need to really see under the heat of battle to really make that a, a aspersion if he's going to be coming good or not. But we need him to come good and. Uh, yeah, we need I'm him hoping. getting 20, 22 touches a game because his foot skills are that good. If he gets his hands on the ball, we're going to win. And, mate, they were good on the family day. Absolutely, when he got the ball, he uh, he looked good. So, uh, And he did look like he was moving back in 2014 form. And, you know, I mean, his injury was tough. It's a tough injury and it's amazing. You know, it's it's crippled some people's careers. So, you know, I guess it's always going to take a bit of time for him to come back. Yeah, absolutely. Who's mm. under the pump this year, mate? Uh, well, state the obvious. I think Matt Loby's under the pump. Yep. Um, I wonder if under the pump you could almost argue, and I guess this is a bit of a controversial one, sort of Jackson from a positional front. You know, is I mean, I don't think he's under the pump from an AFL career perspective, but yep. you know, if he's going to be switched forward, like become a makeshift forward and a ruckman, and he loses he's out his. He needs to make it work because if he doesn't make it work, even though he was so fan, such a battler and fantastic for us last year, I just wonder if the you know he sort of could be lost in a positional sense where the club thinks might it might be worth trading him for higher value than keeping him. Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. Well, I think Trigo's a wonderful player and had a, a, a fantastic year last year, but you yeah, look if he's going to be spending a lot of time up forward, he needs to uh, contribute up there. Um, he hasn't really spent a lot of time up forward in his career yet uh, today. You know, he's played the odd sort of quarter or half up there before. Um, and he can take a good grab. He is a neat kick for goal. Um, so, look, if, if he can become a one-and-a-half goal-a-game player, that would be wonderful. And not only, But not only that, he's a fantastic club person. He always talks so highly to the club. He's passionate of the club. Um you know, he lives and breathes Port Adelaide, and that would be the big risk with trading him because he is such a uh, a club orientated player. And I guess the other one's Charlie Dixon. For sure, he had a. I was not a fan of his year last year. I thought he had a dirty season. Um, hopefully, he can stay injury free, can play twenty two games, 
and head towards that sort of 55 to 60 goal mark, which we were expecting last year. Um, that'd be wonderful. Um, he just needs to grab those marks where he gets free, those uncontested grabs, which he really struggled with last year. His contested marking's fine. It's when he gets on the lead and he drops the simple ones, which is an issue. So look, I'm, I'm all for him having a huge year this year. We need him to if we're going to make the finals. Uh, we're going to be relying on him a lot, I think, going forward. Um, so, yeah, he certainly needs to have a big one. I think uh, Hamish Harlett's another one that needs to have a big year. There's been a lot of negative press about him over the last sort of six to eight months. Uh, there was talk he was going to be traded, then he didn't want to be traded. Um, you know, he's chosen to stay. He needs to, you know, if he's going to be playing down back, he needs to improve his ability to get the ball, his ability to use the ball, uh, and become that match winner uh, that we need. Um, Jimmy Tumpus is another one uh, who's under the pump. You know, he's uh, he didn't deliver last year. Um, he's certainly gonna gonna find it hard to work his way into the side. I think Matty White's another one. I think um, it's going to be his last year. It's debatable whether he should have even got this year. I think. Um, and then there's some young guys like um, uh, Archie and Amon who uh, need to deliver as well. What's you know? Um, oh my God! It's the um, I've got a mental blank. Yeah, who did you? Hamish Hartlett. I mean, uh, the press is saying he's going to be repositioned to the half back line. I thought most of last year he played the half back line. Yeah, I thought so as well. So I don't see where this uh, <laughs> this new opportunity and repositioning is coming from because uh, that's where he played last year, fellas. Mm. Well, he was but... better off being on the bench, I think, last year with his form down back. So he he really does need to improve that. Um, and you, and you find a way to deliver the ball better uh, coming out of the back line and, and make some sort of impact. I hate him back there. Uh, I think it's a huge mistake. Um, but whatever will be, will be. I think him and Broadbent play too similar. Like They try, they almost hide a little bit and drift and sort of just wait for the cheap outlet pass. Yeah, well, you can probably um, add Cracker to that as well, really. Yeah, well, I mean, the talk is and what they showed in the, the trial game, Cracker might be playing up forward by looks, but and he might be handy as a forward player. Um, yeah, but yeah, spent absolutely. A lot of time up there before um, at Gold Coast at Port Adelaide previously um, in, at the Magpies in the SANFL, he has spent a lot of time up forward, and you know he does usually play pretty well up there. So I'd certainly be more happy with him playing a forward role um, and tackling and creating pressure and kicking goals as opposed to skulking up out the back in a back pocket doing not very much. And that's why Darcy Bird-Jones was fantastic last year for us because, I mean, he actually got in and got the hard bloody ball and didn't wait for someone to get it out to him. But he was yeah. just he was just desperate. He just wanted that ball. And, uh, you know, and when I was explaining to uh, Nicole at Family Day about Aussie rules and how it works, basically I said um, the simple rule of football is see ball, get ball, get rid of ball. And uh, some of that, sometimes some of those guys that we've just rattled off, I don't think do those three instinctive things desperately enough. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Uh, the draftees this year, what are you expecting? Uh, look, not too much, to be honest. I'd I'd be hoping, like, with a mature side, that uh, the mature players are actually forcing their way into the side to be picked. Um, you know, SPP uh, looked okay, but drifted in and out, so I think he might need a little bit of time. But I'm hoping that, you know, these players, you know, earn their stripes in the centre field, do some dominant performances and you know maybe some of them get a half a dozen games when we cop a few injuries or a bit of fatigue and uh, and can get their place and I think that will be a healthy sign that our list is going in the right direction yeah absolutely look obviously uh, Sam Powell Pepper is the one that um, we're all expecting big things from whether it happens this year or not I'm not 100% sure I think he's going to be playing um, regular AFL footy um, I just hope our expectations of him aren't too high uh, as to put too much pressure on him performing. Uh, can he have a, a, a season similar to Ollie Wine's first year? I think he's got the potential to do that. Whether whether it actually happens, I'm not too sure. Um, Atley and Drew, I'm expecting to debut this year. Uh, I think Atley could play a lot of games this year as well. Uh, Marshall, I'm not, uh, I'm not expecting big things of for a couple of years. I think he's just too thin. He just needs to learn the game a bit more and, and build his body up. Uh, the one that's the real sort of big question mark and the, and the big talking point for me is uh, is Brett Eddy and whether he can um, work his way onto the senior list and also play some regular AFL footy and contribute goals up forward. 
Well, look, Brett Eddy, I think there'll be an opportunity with uh, Dougal Howard to be able to get onto the senior list, I would imagine. So uh, it's just a matter of uh, whether we're going to need him straight away. I guess Jackson's probably going to take that second tall forward role in the short term, I would imagine. Yeah, I think he will as well. Um, I think there is a a spot free on the senior list anyway. So if he does perform straight away, I think we can... um, uh, elevate him up to the senior list so he can play round one whenever, uh, which would be great. Um, look, if Brett is a big success, that would be wonderful because we do need another sort of Schultz-like forward up there who can lead strongly, take a good mark and kick accurately. And that's something we really missed last year. And if he can come in and do that, that would be great. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm with you with Marshall. I really hope that we don't rush him in um, and we really sort of let, allow his body to develop. I think we've been prone to rushing some of these players in at times. And I guess, again, we sounded like a broken record with Jackson going up forward and even Brett Eddy in the, on the sidelines. Um, and maybe even Billy Frampton, who um, uh, for Fairlane was really talking up a lot. Um, you know, I would hope that, that those players can give Marshall enough time to develop his body because it sounds like he's got the basic tools to be a great player. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right, let's talk about the AFL as a whole at the moment. Some of these questions were asked by Sleazy on the Big Footy Forum as well, but uh, what are your predictions across the AFL, mate? Uh, first off, what's your top four this year? Uh, well, I think GWS is going to finish top. Yep. Uh, I think the Bulldogs will be up there again. They haven't had any dramatic injuries, have they, that I haven't heard about? I don't think I don't think so. So I'd assume the Bulldogs will, will be up there, even though I asked that mischievous question about them dropping out. I'm gonna I'm gonna go as always because I'm positive that Port is gonna be up there. I think we can um, be good enough for a top four bolting spot. And I guess yeah, then I don't know. I hate to say it, maybe Sydney again. Do you think Sydney's gonna back it up again? I think. It's uh, certainly potentially going to happen. I've got GWS, Geelong, Sydney, and the Bulldogs. That's my top four this year. Okay, so similar. Mm. So you, where, where have you got Port? I've got Port finishing sixth. I've got the Crows mm-hmm. finishing fifth. I've got St Kilda and Frio making out the top eight. Okay, cool. So that's two changes to the top eight? Uh, that would be three changes three. to the top eight. Mm, radical. So Hawthorne, uh, West Coast, and North Melbourne drop out. So you really think Hawthorne's going to miss finals? I think so. Yeah, I think they'll drop mm. out. It'll be it'll be really interesting because I'm always a big big advocate for people like uh, the caliber of Mitchell and Lewis and that and what how they define a culture of a footy club and you know if you look at the SANFL I I spoke about the Gowan brothers with Centrals and Court with Ginevra and Fiachi so. Um, going, going through that logic, yeah, I think it will dent Hawthorne's culture a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see how strong their culture is with uh, uh, moving those couple of players on. Well, they were playing for history last year, just like Brisbane in 2004 as well. And when Brisbane missed out on that flag, I don't think they made the finals for you know three or four years after that. And I'm kind of half expecting Hawthorne to do the same thing. Mm. I still think they'll be competitive. I think they'll win, you know, a good sort of 11, 12 games. I just think uh, that they might just miss out. What did you think of Ruffhead being appointed captain? Do you, did you like that or did you think it was a bit of a token appointment? I don't think it's a token appointment. I think he's a wonderful player and he's a great leader. He's played fantastic football for a very long time and, um, you know, it was very unfortunate and sad what happened last year. And, um, you know, praise the Lord, he's, uh, he's over it and uh, ready to give AFL another crack this year and, and move on, and uh, yeah, I think it's a great thing that they made him captain. I think it's an inspirational appointment as well. I mean, I mean, what a great story to overcome, uh, you know, a cancer battle. And uh, you know, anyone that's um, most of us probably know someone with cancer. It's always one of those things that it's in the back of your mind that could potentially come back. And uh, you know, so I think it, I think it's awesome. And yeah, I, I'm like you. I think he's a great player, and he's a humble. He, to me, he comes across as a humble person yeah. um, in football. So I think it's yeah. I, I just wish him all the best for the 2017 year. For sure. Uh, first coach sacked, mate. <sighs> Rodney Eade. Rodney Eade. Yeah, he's got he's should be up there. I think I've got Gold Coast finishing seventeenth, and if that happens, I would assume he's going to be sacked before the the year's over. 
What about your um, what about your Formula One predictions, Mecca? What are, are you excited about the rule changes, making fatter tyres and faster cars? Oh, absolutely, mate. Yep. And were you were you a bit disappointed that uh, Nico Rosberg pulled out, pulled the pin, and retired? That was disappointing. Yes, that was. Oh, just to just get out on top. What sort of a coward's that? He should have backed it up and gone again. That's it. Look, my first coach sacked is going to be Hardwick. Hard, oh yeah, he'd be, yeah. I don't know. They like to hold on to their coaches at Richmond. Do they? Well, are you sure about that? I reckon they've sacked about six mid-year in my lifetime. I know, but how long have they kept him on the books now? Eight years. They're trying to change their culture, and that's not working for them either. True. True. <laughs> Who's your April premiers, mate? April premiers. Hmm. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go the Bulldogs. Okay. I've got, uh, looking at the fixture, uh, I've got Richmond winning their first four games. They're not winning again until round 10. So, for me, that's, uh, that's the Tigers for me. I reckon if they win the first four games, they'll be uh, old cock-a-hoop. And, uh, you know, if Hardwick can get sacked from there, that'll be amazing. They could win the first 20 games and I still wouldn't have them as uh, premiership <laughs> favourites. True, very true. Uh, potential straight sets finals exit. Oh, hmm. That's a good one. Sydney. Yeah, I've gone Sydney as well. I think if my top four are GWS, Geelong, Sydney, Bulldogs, I think Sydney are the most likely to go out uh, in yeah. straight sets if that was going to happen. Um, look, pretty well every year there's a team from the bottom eight, as we said, who end up making the top four. Do you think uh, that might happen this year? And if so, what team is best poised to do that? Hmm. Was St Kilda in the bottom four? No, I said bottom eight. Bottom eight? They were oh, you the said bottom eight. Yep. They were bottom, not in the bottom, bottom eight four. top four. Yep. Yeah. Can I do that? I'll take St Kilda. Okay. I'll ride your coattails. All right. Essendon, what are your expectations for them, mate? Not much. Half their team back. <laughs> yeah. When you see them well, finishing. Well, if everyone's expecting Paddy Ryder and Angus Mumphreys to struggle, how's, how's Essendon going to go with a half a team in the same position? True. Um, and on a personal Port Adelaide note, I, I, I was reflecting on this uh, yesterday. I thought um, I thought we always did all right against John Worsfield, co- Worsfield coach team. So um, from a Port front, I'd hope that we're stacking up pretty well against the Bombers, unless yeah. my uh, my fading memory is not accurate anymore. Yeah, could be. Look, I think they will win a lot of games early and then might uh, struggle through the second half of the year. So, you know, they might be sort of top four or five halfway through the year and then might finish ninth or tenth, I think. Mm. I think they'll run out of flat tunes. So who wins the flag this year? Uh, GWS. Yeah, that's my... If it's not Port, GWS. Yeah. Uh, Wooden Spoon? Uh, I don't know. Who cares? Uh... Be a Victorian side, Richmond. Okay. Wow, Richmond. That'd be interesting. I've got to go with Brisbane again, but I think Collingwood are a big chance as well. Buckley will get sacked, right? Oh, I would think so, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Rising star? Um, Sam Powell Pepper. Okay. I'm going to go Raiden Fiorini for uh, Gold Coast, but I think Tom Phillips will be my smoky this year. I, I'm not offense. I didn't listen to your draft podcast, man. So uh, I was I was away. So I don't know who. I don't even know who was drafted. So SPP all the way. That's it. Uh, Brownlow. Brownlow. Nathan Fife. Nathan Fife. I've got to go with Danger again. I think. Didn't. What was this fake? Was this a fake story about Fife being suspended for importing drugs or something? Oh, I haven't heard anything about that. Oh. Yeah, it must be some sort of crap Facebook article or something. My son tagged me in it a couple of days ago saying that um, it was an article saying five to be kicked out of the AFL for importing some sort of borderline uh, illegal hormone or something. Right. Fair enough. Uh, anyway. Adelaide predict- predictions. Uh, how many wins and where do we finish, mate? Top four, 16. Okay. I've got uh, sixth with 13. Uh, who's the leading goal kicker? <sighs> Well, for that, it has to be Charlie Dixon, doesn't it, with maybe 60 goals? Okay. I'm going to say Robbie Gray with 42. Mm-hmm. 
because I think he might spend a lot of time up forward this year. Who wins the best for Ferris, mate? Mate, it is going to be the year of the Chad. He's one on and one off, and this is his on year. He's injury-free. He had a thumb injury for a lot of last season, so Chad is going to play midfield and dominate. That sounds good to me. I think if uh, if Robbie kicks 42 goals, I think he's a shoe in to win the best and fairest again. I would love to see Ollie Wines win a best and fairest and have that sort of season. Yep. Sounds pretty good. That's it. Right, some questions from the uh, the Big Footy Forum. Peck has asked, do you think that uh, Atley will play round one? Uh, no. I don't think he will either, but I think he'll play in the first three or four rounds. Good call. Have you been impressed with him so far? Uh, he was my uh, little bunny last year. I was praying that we would pick him up, and we did. I'm absolutely stoked. I can't wait to see him play. Cool. Uh, Phil Reich has asked, uh, will uh, Tumpus ever play for Port Adelaide again? No, look, he's been very underwhelming as far as I'm concerned, and I'm a bit disappointed. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's got a he's got a long way to come back. He does. He does. I think uh, he'll play four or five games this year and get delisted. That's my prediction. Yeah. Good Which would be sad because he's got a lot of talent. I just think uh, his body and maybe his mindset's not up to it. Um, Grave Danger has asked, uh, do we drown in our own self-importance as a result of drinking our own bathwater? Uh, I don't know. I um, I don't think so. I, honestly, look, I still think a lot of it comes down to that we've been outcoached. I don't, I don't think our coach's box has been smart enough. And I know that I know people like yourself don't like blaming coaches and want to put the heat on the players, but I just think that compared to a lot of the other teams in the AFL, our structures just have not been as sophisticated. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, CT Power has asked who has forced their way into the twenty-two and who may miss out from the first twenty-two from last year. Too early to tell for me. Give me a couple more games. Let me watch Thursday's game and. Uh, and then I'll uh, I'll go from there. But I guess I'd hope I'd be hoping that Logan Austin continues getting a gig in the starting twenty-two from because I thought he was great last year in the second half of the year. Um, and he, we need that little bit of extra height in the defence, especially if Jackson's not going to play there. But yeah. um, and I think that's why they played him on the white team, wasn't it? So he, he was playing against uh, Dixon as a, mm. the tall defender. So he'd probably be the one that I'd be looking for. Look, straight off the bat, we need to replace... From the general best 22 from the second half of last year, we're replacing O'Shea, Stewart and Schultz straight away. So you would think their spots are immediately taken by Ryder, Homsch and Jonas straight off the bat. I'd say someone like uh, Pal Pepper for Amon might happen. Um, I think, uh, as you said, a positional change might see Cracker move forward, Bono maybe into Cracker spot down back and then need out of the team. Uh, that's something that also might happen. And uh, depending how he goes, uh, we might see Eddie uh, to replace that sort of um, that role that Schultz had for many, many years up forward as well. Mm. Yep. Uh, Portly has asked, uh, will Will Snelling find it difficult to break into the midfield this year, even if he has the ability? I think so. Look, that's my detailed answer. Or be a finals type side, you would expect that sort of first string midfield to uh, be delivering on their um, on their talent this year. So on that basis, you would think it might be a little bit difficult for someone like Snelling to break in. I think he's got a lot of talent. I think he's going to play a lot of AFL games. Uh, he just needs to bide his time, I think. And I think he's the sort of player that's uh, going to be around the mark, you know, that sort of 23rd to 26th player on the list. So he's going to get his chance. Um, and it's just up to him to uh, make sure he takes it when he gets his opportunity. Would you play Will Snelling over Sam Gray? Uh, oh, that's a tough one. That's a very tough one. I think uh, Sam Gray's probably a bit ahead at the moment, but uh, I could certainly see Snelling coming in and taking over his role at some point during the year. Mm, I think Gray's so too. Another one who's probably under the pump. You know, he didn't have a great year last year, so he's another one that really needs to find some form, I think. And uh, if he doesn't, there's going to be quite a few players ready to take that chance, I think. Yeah, Brett, excuse me, Brendan Archie is the other one as well. Brendan Archie is another one. Yep, absolutely. 
Um, yeah, look, it's going to be interesting to see how he goes this year. Obviously, he's got the size. You know, he's the, at the right age now where he needs to start playing consistent AFL footy. Whether he can or not, whether he's got it in him, I really don't know. Um, I, I would love to see him um, play consistent footy this year. Um, you know, he, he's the sort of player that's going to get 25 to 30 touches a week in the SNFL, but when he gets his shot, he just needs to take it. Yeah. And look, I thought he was serviceable um, at the family day. I didn't think he was horrendous as what some people made out. But, um, yeah, look, he, he just needs to uh, uh, stack, keep stacking it up now. Yeah. Look, we've got, a, we've got some really good young midfield talent. And I think uh, Archie is certainly in the gun to be delisted if he doesn't sort of perform this year, for sure. Because there's a lot of people who are younger than him who might deserve the opportunity to uh, to potentially get to uh, his spot and beyond in future years. So can I put in a sh- couple of shameless plugs, Macca? Mate, we've got uh, Matty Sullivan on the line uh, at the moment. Have Hi, we? Buddy. G'day, guys. How are you doing? Good, good. Matt, good. Oh, happy New Year. Happy That's New it. Football Year. Yeah, Mate, we've got and the Matt... podcast coming on uh, after this one. Correct, Craig. Yeah, we've got uh, lots to cover. Um, we'll probably cover just a little bit more different some of the uh, things that happened throughout the preseason. We're going to go through a bit of a finer detail on the new recruits um, and also our, our players to watch for this year and also just talk about how the uh, the approach for the preseason leading up to the first game against the Swans on uh, in 25th of March. That's it. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for joining back on Port Fan Radio in 2017, Matty, and uh, tying yeah, in with us. Well, uh, have a great season. Uh, if you ever want to, would love to have you guys uh, even jump on the sh- our show or you guys, one of you guys come on and uh, spare five, ten minutes and join us from time to time. And um, sure. uh, thanks to New Vision. Uh, thanks to the Port Adelaide Footy Club for uh, what they do looking after us there as well. And uh, we'll be doing this show a little bit more of a portress, uh, like in Port Adelaide uh, power, kind of uh, less Maggie's. Uh, the thing is now I'm up in Gold Coast, so... Uh, yeah, and I am going to China as well, so I look forward to catching up with you there, Craig. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Great season. Lots to, lots to, to pack into in this year. There is. Absolutely. All right, Thanks, boys. Matt. Good show. Chat to you soon. Bye. All right. Let's talk about uh, the opening uh, preseason game, which is uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night, at Etihad Stadium. We're playing St Kilda. It uh, looks like a pretty strong lineup that we've named. A lot of first 22 players out there, but we're also going to see Power Pepper, Eddie, Drew, Atley, and Houston for the first time in Power Colours, uh, with some other youngsters in uh, Bonner, Johnson, and Snelling also in the squad as well. So a pretty good blend of experience and new fare. So, which quarter are you anticipating we're going to get the uh, deck chair? The down. infamous no, no, the infamous uh, quote of. Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> oh, look, uh, depends who's commentating, but I would expect that by at least the uh, the start of the second quarter, I would think. And so, what are you, what are you expecting? Are you, are you expecting a win? I mean, we've obviously we've got oh, yeah. a few young yeah. players in there. Absolutely, I am. Look, St Kilda's named a pretty strong lineup as well. They don't have too many young players in their side. They've named uh, a pretty strong uh, team, so it's going to be a competitive match, I would think. Um, what I want to see is uh, is a win. I want to see competent ball movement out of the back line. I want to see a, a midfield that wins the footy for once. Um, the main thing that I want to see is skill improvement. Um, but yes, I want to see a win. You know, we've got, as we said, we've got a really tough first month. You know, we need to be switched on from round one. No more deck chairs, no more assistant coaches pulling the strings, no more resting. You know, most of our first team to ease them into the year. I want to see us win and win well. You know, we need to hit the hit the start running this year, and uh, you know, this is an important part of the season. And uh, yes, I want to see us win. Absolutely, I want to see us win too. So, uh, and look, it's a. I think there's a, enough experience there for us not to have any excuses, really, in this game. And, I mean, St Kilda's, we've pointed out, it's going to be a bit of an up-and-coming uh, team, so it should be a good challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait to see them out there, mate. Neither can I. What time's the game? 7.40. I, uh, is, yep. It's on Foxtel, I hope. Uh, yeah, it is. Yep. 
Awesome, because I, I already promised I'd take my father out to dinner, so I'll have to record it and watch it when I get back. That's it. I'll be doing the same, so uh, I won't be able to watch it live, unfortunately, but uh, certainly as soon as I get home, I'll be uh, turning it on, that's for sure. Awesome. Right, shameless plug time. You want to you wanna plug, mate? Well, one of, it was a perfect segue, because the shameless plug was to recognise the Portress boys coming on straight after this show, which is great. I like the back-to-back shows. I think that's exciting. And just a quick, just a very quick one. I just wanted to shout out that um, anyone that's interested in finance or, or property, uh, New Vision's got our, our first round of uh, seminars on the 28th of February, so next Tuesday. Uh, we've got a southern seminar, a central seminar, and a northern seminar. There's no, uh, there is no hard pressure selling going on in these things. They're just for people to get information. And uh, so, if people are interested in finance or property or anything like that, or just wanting to improve themselves, I just recommend uh, come along. Um, we've got some great people doing some speaking and, and educational pieces, so uh, and it's free entry, and I think there's even free beer, so even more reason to go along. Free beer, I will be there. Thanks very much. Do it. <laughs> sounds, sounds good, my friend, and it's all on the website, so people can have a look and find it from there. There we go. Right, thank you, mm. everybody, for tuning in. Uh, obviously, you can subscribe to us either at the Bigfooty Port Podcast or Port Fan Radio on iTunes as well as uh, Port Fan Radio on Spreaker as well. Keep an eye out when the other shows on the Port Fan Radio network will be starting up as well. Obviously, Portress after this. Uh, hopefully, we'll see some of the other shows um, starting again soon as well. It would be great to have them back for another season. Um, and, of course, you can converse with us uh, on both Facebook and, of course, the Big Footy forums as well. Absolutely. And we've got a couple of bloggers coming up too. T. Cray said that he's going to do a weekly blog and Jimmy... He's going to do a blog, and if I've got time, I'll try and blog something too, and maybe we can get you to blog your uh, top five macker. Mate, blog's everywhere. Yeah, we'll be blogging. Blogmania. Yes, let's blog it. Better than blogging. That's it. Right, until next week, buddy. Ciao, ciao. Can't appear. Bower! Butcher! Can I still use Butcher? Butcher. Spears an inside 50. Schultz comes hard. Flicks it out. It'd be appropriate. The captain. That is gold class. <laughs> Leadership agrees with Travis Boat. He's better than ever.